Welcome back to another edition of the Edge Podcast. Publisher Brendan Slaughter here for BeaversEdge.com. Joined by Beaver's Edge writer and KGO radio host TJ Matthewson. We're back for another edition of the podcast after an extended hiatus. It's been a couple weeks. TJ, good to see you. Good to hear from you, man. Uh, how are things? It's good. How long has it been since we've done one of these? It's been. It was pre-spring. Was it pre-spring? Yeah, I want to say it was right before spring football, maybe February. I think it was the one that you. Was it you, me, and Dylan jumped on, or do you and I? I think do so. One? I think so. Yeah. That that sounds right. Yeah, we were talking media rights, and shocker, shocker, folks. Uh, a month and a half later, and the media rights are still just as blurry as they were uh, a month or so ago, but. Good news is we got lots of spring football to get into. TJ and myself have been at a few practices uh, so far this spring. We got lots of news on uh, the quarterbacks, uh, some of the good position group battles, what we like, what we've seen so far. So lots to dive into here on the big podcast today. But uh, let's go ahead and start right with uh, the biggest thing on the agenda, and that's spring football. Uh, obviously, the Beavers had a few practices in March. Uh, I attended those ones, and then they uh, broke for a couple weeks for finals and spring break. Uh, they've been back. TJ went to a couple practices for us since. Uh, TJ, what's kind of just been your early vibe uh, of this team, getting eyes on them so far? And obviously, the biggest ticket item, what have you thought of one uh, DJ Uyangale? It's been good to see the quarterbacks. It's a nice mix, and they seem to all be getting a pretty decent amount of of run here in the spring, not necessarily all with the first team. There's not a clear cut. They're not, I don't think they're really running like clear cut first team, second team here in spring, mostly because there's some guys who just aren't participating in spring. So it's kind of, if you've noticed on our first and second team list, it's kind of a jumbled mess half the time of guys <laughs> that are, that are in that spot, which confuses me when I'm looking back at my notes after I'm like, well, that doesn't really look like a first team. So I'm just going to shrug <laughs> and just say, we got two different teams running out there. Regardless, it's been I haven't gotten to see DJ flash all that much. They've been kind of conservative here in the the two practices I've seen. They're really not letting us see a whole lot of the second session, not until the spring game. We only get one more chance to see these guys before they take the field for the spring game on the 22nd. Aiden Childs, though. um, Wow. Mm -hmm. I mean, for all everything I'm reading that he's supposed to be a, a project passer, he has really spotted up some nice passes especially when i was there on tuesday it was cold it was what i was miserable yeah <laughs> um you know like normally we're taking notes right on our on our, sure. our notepads right no i had to do it on my phone because if i pulled out a pen and a notepad those notes were gone they were they were going in the trash so i was doing it on my phone i'm like trying to yeah. type through all the rain and water on my on my phone but Beaver's Edge appreciates your dedication, TJ. We appreciate your dedication. (laughs) In Childs is is moving around in the pocket and and throwing some deep balls that if you haven't read the Nugget Report yet, please please go read it at beaversedge.com and check it out on the damn board. I mean, I highlighted in the first two points because it it was just so clear how how much arm talent there is there. And and there was some pretty surprising accuracy. Again, for you're supposed to say, hey, he's a great runner. Uh, he's going to take some work in, in as a thrower, which he, he could. We haven't seen him under pressure at all, sure. right? We haven't seen him like in a game situation where there's a, another team on the other side where he's got to, you know, change the change the call at the line of scrimmage or sure. or you know manufacture a play on the run. We haven't seen that. We've been watching a couple of spring practices, but sure. I mean, he threw a ball the other day. Let me just let me find this note here. I mean, he I labeled it all caps throw of the day. I mean, he's sitting in the pocket. Yeah. 
um, I think it was like the second to last play of the day or maybe the second to last session of the day. He's sitting in the pocket. He, you know, three-step drop, sets back, steps on the pocket once. There's there's a little bit of pressure coming in on him. He steps up, and then he just chucks it down the far yeah. sideline on a post route to – shout out to Trent Walker, by the way. Those yeah. two seem to have a pretty good connection. And Walker was open right on the goal line, hit him right in the hands, right in stride. Ball was perfectly thrown for a touchdown. Uh, that's the only touchdown, by the way, I've seen in the two practices I've attended here in the spring, which makes it a highlight in of itself that I actually get to see something entertaining. But that's just one of, you know, a, a handful of throws that have been kind of wowed by by Aiden Chalice because the other quarterbacks, whether they're not attempting those passes, they haven't really – those guys really haven't attempted chucking the ball down the field all that much from the limited reps I've seen of them. But Chalice did, and Chalice was on point, and he's, he's, he's exciting. I see why, why the coaches are so high on him. I see why he's a four-star. Um, and I see why everyone's really excited to see this guy play. Well, and it's pretty crazy to think this kid should be enjoying his senior of high school right now, TJ. Right. It should Is be it prom in like a month. Yeah, he should be getting ready for prom, man. Instead, you know, hitting the ground running, you know, competing with Oregon State. And, you know, obviously uh, great stuff on Childs, you know, based on what you've said this, you know, these last couple practices. Uh, you know, he's kind of been uh, the standout of sorts. And as you mentioned, when you wrote depth on uh tuesday check it out at beaversedge.com the interesting thing was in the first you know practices of the first session tj especially even day one it's very interesting because like day one of spring is when we saw just how far dj and aiden could throw the ball which was like you know uncorking it really far down the field that's when the ooze and the ahs of dj kind of started and you know from my perspective you know, we got to see Childs a little bit, but it was mostly a mix of, you know, DJ and Ben that first, um, you know, few practices of March. And, you know, I think there's going to be a natural progression, DJ learning the offense and, you know, the solo, uh, so on and so forth, and Aiden ex to an extent as well. And I think that's why we've still seen, you know, Ben kind of be in the mix. But TJ, I were you just taken aback as much as I was, you know, just from the first time you saw him, just how – physically imposing DJ is he's a big dude out there big dude at the position big time arm and he's got pretty good you know foots like you don't expect a guy who's six foot four 241 or 51 pounds without looking at the roster off the top he's, of my head he's quick he's pretty slim honestly he's slimmer than I thought I was expecting him to be a little bulkier yeah. I need yeah. to stand next to him first before I can really comment <laughs> on how how yeah. imposing is maybe I'll pay a little bit closer attention to that on Tuesday. I, I mean, I was just really just watching him to see like, what is he looking like as a quarterback? And again, like him and Ben were sure. like, okay, Ben had a, Ben had a few tough throws as well. DJ sure. was a perfect guy. They're both Ben threw an interception. DJ almost threw an interception. So you could just, you know, kind of watch that away uh, with those two. I don't, but you know, the physically imposing part, I mean, we, we watched the Super Bowl, what the Eagles and Jalen hurts would do on every sure. fourth down and short with the rugby play. I know they're trying to outlaw it in the NFL. It's not outlawed in college football. Why don't you yeah. stack everyone on the line of scrimmage and say, hey, DJ, yep. push. Yeah. Like, who's, who's pushing that guy backwards for a yard? I'm saying, like, quarterback yeah. speak is honestly one of the most underrated plays in football. I don't think enough teams really utilize that, especially in college when guys aren't taking snaps under center. But DJ, oh, yeah. for a guy uh, who at Clemson, I don't believe took all that, all that many snaps under center like most college right. offenses, he will in this offense. So that opens sure. up the playbook for that. And, more beneficial but again i thought he was kind of slim just that's just a little I, 
Uh, yeah, which is a good thing, to be honest. Like, if you're too big, that that's an issue. But he was kind of he was a little bit slimmer than I thought he would be. Yeah, I guess just kind of compared to you know, I mean, like you know, Ben Ben's got a little bit of I'm, I'm trying to you know de- describe kind of the body type differences. I mean, Chance Nolan was a little bit of a skinnier guy, kind of long arms. I mean, it's just it's kind of interesting to see kind of you know, for me, like looking at DJ, I look at him and like reminds me of Jake Luton who stood, you know, six foot, just really tall, you know, big time arm. And I think, you know, when he really gets an opportunity to kind of learn this offense over the summer, I mean, you know, we're sitting here talking about quarterbacks. I mean, they're, I can't picture a world TJ where DJ is not the guy. I mean, we're sitting here discussing it, but what's there to really discuss, you know? Yeah, he should be. I don't know. He hasn't really like grabbed it yet. He is still learning the offense, as you said. So this is more of a fall discussion. There hasn't been. Yeah. Like 100% transparency, there hasn't been that much difference between Ben and DJ oh, yeah. in the spring. Like, the spring's kind of a mess, right? They want to see a bunch of these young guys. Again, if you go peek at the depth charts we put out, yeah. uh, rough estimations. Like, they're they're just trying to see some of these guys play, especially along the offensive line, right? Yeah. They're just trying to let some of these guys play. So there's no real, like, you're winning a position battle in the spring. I do, sure. though, have a hard time seeing DJ, um, DJ not winning this quarterback battle. And I think a lot will be telling – what Ben Goldbranson decides to do at the end of spring, right? He's still, yeah. If he if he decides that he wants to go try his luck with another program and thinks he can start there, um, sure. then we, you know, probably at when the portal opens up after spring, that would, you know, that would make sense for Ben. I don't think anyone would really trash Ben for that, but then it would be probably more evident that DJ would be the guy. There was a question though asked um, the first practice I was back at, so I think it was the first practice of the second sure. session that what Aiden would need to do to win the job outright in the fall as a true freshman, which I was like, well, I don't think yeah. that's happening. I don't know if you yeah. would, if Aiden even became the starter at some point in the year, it would not because you'd be starting on, on the, in the first game against San Jose state. Right. I, so, I don't like, really, I mean, but like, I would it, be shocked. it's not yeah. out of the question. It's not out of sure. the question, but it's like, yeah, he's got probably, you know, got a lot to do. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting because, you know, at the bare bones crux of it, it's that, you know, DJ still won, you know, maybe not Clemson standard, but quarterback, a lot of wins in Clemson. And I think we know what his potential is. And, you know, he, um, you know, he's obviously got a long way to go as far as, you know, getting the nuances of it, but I think he'll pick it up quicker than we think. And I think come spring showcase spring game when Oregon State's really pumping up this year. And speaking of which, anyone who wants to go definitely get out there. They're definitely piping it up as being a little bit more of an event this year, maybe more of a game as opposed to a glorified scrimmage. I think you're going to see him, you know, make some plays that have Oregon state fans excited because you think about like most marquee transfers in college football this off season, DJ's, you know, at worst top 10, probably uh, if not, you know, top Mm -hmm. five and more. And I think that brings notoriety to your program, big time, you know, energy level. And, you know, we go back to Jonathan Smith before the, start of spring when he mentioned that, you know, season ticket renewals are off the charts compared to where they were. And just that's, that's the impact of getting a big time quarterback. And I think mm-hmm. barring something completely unforeseen, he didn't come to ride the bench, TJ. Know what I no, mean? No, he didn't. No, he did not. So that'll be interesting. Speaking of transfers, yes. something I hadn't even thought about until it got brought up. So chance is still in the portal. Yes. As far as I know, um, I haven't specifically um, if you want to filibuster for a minute here, uh, TJ, I can uh, take a look. Well, I'm, I'm peeking right here. 
Auburn has re- have reached out to him yesterday, uh, apparently, or yesterday it was reported they reached out to him, but I honestly didn't even think about it until until we brought it up here. So, hmm. yeah, you got yeah, me. Yeah, I mean, for the um, uh, for the longest time, I, I, I had heard that, um, you know, he was going to wait until uh, sometime closer to summer, but I uns- unsubstantiated. So, um, is he still, is he officially in the portal or is he going to enter the portal after spring, finish up here at Oregon state and then go? As far as I know, you can be both. I think you can be in the portal and still be finishing school and just not like officially do it. Um, but again, I'm not entirely sure what his, uh, you know, how he finished up academically and all those other things. But right. yeah, it'd be interesting to see where he ultimately ends up as, you know, uh, obviously Tristan Jebbia, you know, very quick to land at Ohio state. And that was a, uh, you know, a done, done thing. It seemed like, I think January, but um, yeah, regardless, the transfer portal just keeps on spinning, but you know, a couple other things in spring uh, other than the quarterbacks, which is, you know, good, fascinating stuff, TJ. And I think it's going to be real interesting to see over the, you know, just two more opportunities, uh, one more practice, and then the spring game for us to see uh, just how much that growth continues to be there from Childs, uh, DJ, and then to an extent, um, what Ben uh, what Ben Gobertson can do to continue to kind of fight them off, so to speak. And um, I, I know recently somebody asked us on the board that, you know, we hadn't uh, mentioned Travis Throckmorton a whole lot, and it's only because I haven't really, really seen not him really be playing. in the mix. Yeah, I haven't really seen him be in the mix a whole lot. Obviously, the quarterback uh, individual drills and whatnot, but there's that that pecking order is pretty clearly DJ, Ben, Aiden, and then, you know, potentially, you know, you've got some other – you've got Don Montiel in the mix. You've got Travis Throckmorton in the mix, and I think that just kind of crowds the room a little bit, you know? Yeah, those guys haven't been getting any live reps in any sort yeah. of team drills. It is it is those top three, and that's it, right? Yeah, so. and – if Travis Throckmorton came in and made a great throw, we I promise you we'd say <laughs> something about it. But yeah, he has not for sure. he's not gotten any opportunities. But obviously a couple other position groups of note. The offensive line's coming along well. If there were if there was a position group, I would tell Bieber fans, you don't really have to worry about it's the offensive line, uh, barring injury or something like that. They bring back, you know, four of the five starters from last year. Uh, Marco Brewer was a starter before going down midseason with the injury. So really they bring back five guys who had played at least six games last year, started at least six games. Uh, I, I saw you wrote about Grant Stark getting in uh, with the mix this last week, the Nevada transfer. He's kind of that plug and play guy who I think could be an immediate playmaker. Uh, otherwise TJ, the offensive line is, is, is in fine shape. I mean, no worries there. And, you know, with with the running like with the running back and offensive line situation, Bieber should feel really good about just their bare bones identity going into next season. Mm-hmm. The entire backfield is back. I'm not. I say that a bit surprised because, you know, a lot can happen between now and August. But, you know, one guy, you know, can you know the Beavers did really well this last year at kind of sharing the sugar and you know keeping the workload spread out. But I still wouldn't have been surprised to see somebody behind Damian maybe take a look around but yet nevertheless all four guys uh back in the mix and I think with that running back and that offensive line it's gonna take a ton of pressure off DJ in that passing game it sounds like the offensive there's some guys in the offensive line that are a little banged up uh yeah Jake Levengood said said that if you go listen to that the conversation the media had with him on 
on beaversedge.com and, and on our YouTube. He, he did mention that they're not 100% healthy. So you not, might not see all the guys out there that sure. you want to see participating in the spring. But yeah, there isn't much worry there. We haven't even gotten that much of a look at the running backs either. They are, you know, it's so, it's, you know, it's April, right? So they're not going to go have them go running through tackles. Um, sure. Exactly. You, you'll get about 10 yards and then the whistle blows. So even if the play was developing nice, you'll just kind of shrug your shoulders. But it's mostly been a, a mix of of Damian, Deshaun, and Jam, I think, in, in the, the, the top three. Now, there hasn't been a real definitive one, but for the most part, it's been uh, it's been those three sitting there with the uh, with the two top quarterbacks. Yeah, and we've obviously seen some some moves from um, you know with uh, with Jack Velling not participating in spring. We've seen you know some Jake Overman at tight end. We've seen some Carter Newman. We've seen kind of a whole bunch of guys kind of rotating in there. I think uh, even with the loss of Luke Musgrave, obviously um, you know in this season, even though he only played in two games, you know still a tight end to replace and the experience that Jack Velling got. I think. Having him, you know, out spring definitely will be interesting to kind of open the door and see if anybody else behind Jake Overman, who obviously is a very established commodity, uh, can kind of rise up. And I'm curious to see how that most particularly you wrote, you know, Jermaine Terry was uh, with the mix this last week in the Cal mm-hmm. transfer. Certainly have heard good things about him. He's got great size, brings just a, a big time frame to that receiving yeah. area, like just massive. It sounds like they almost like him as a receiver. Yeah, not I've even kind just of a heard, tight end, like like a yeah, like a big receiver. Thing. Yeah, I've heard the same thing, and you know, with that and tight end coming to be well, and I think you know, uh, receiver as well with you know the starting lineup kind of looking like Anthony Gould, Silas Bolden, and, and John Dunmore at least at this point. Uh, mm-hmm. Obviously, the Beavers want to have more passing production. TJ, that's something we talked about last year. We pinned. Yeah, I mean, what's what's the number? We pinned probably 85% of the passing struggles on the quarterback position last year. Do mm-hmm. we think that now if the quarterback position is improved, which we think it greatly is, are the receivers in place good enough to deliver the season that we think that we can? Because if there was one area this offseason where I was like, hmm, it was not pursuing maybe a – bona fide portal receiver right am i off base a little bit there no not really but if you go back and listen to silas bolden uh anthony we got to talk to i think the two days i've been there we've talked both silas bolden and yep. Anthony gold and they're very confident uh in their abilities to produce out wide as a wide receiver despite them both being you know shorter in stature which i believe you know watching them last year they those guys are are open quite often right you don't need to be big sure. to be open you just need right. to be open, essentially. Good route running. But I think route that, running. Yeah. yeah, and I think it also comes down to the fact that, hey, if they really are that high on Jermaine Terry and you get Jack Belling back in the fold as a true receiving tight end, they're your true. two big bodies, right? And John Dunmore is pretty big, too. So, no. you know, no one's no one's standing out there six foot five, six foot six, you know, going one-on-one outside to, to you know, box sure. a receiver. But there is still size there for for whoever ends up starting a quarterback to throw to outside of Anthony Gould and Silas Bolden. Like, it, it is there. It's not like there's a lack of, of those options on the roster. Sure. And I think just kind of the thing that goes to, you know, using Terry and Velling is obviously a great example. But, you know, I mean, it's it's just interesting because when you when you break it down, the Beavers have not had a – go to, hey, it is, you know, fourth and goal, game on the line. I'm going to throw it to this guy because he's going to come down with it. Receiver since Isaiah Hodgins. 
And, you know, you look at, what did you just say, TJ? Six foot five? Isaiah Hodgins was what? Six foot four? Something like that. So, you know, I, I think, you know, the kind of searching for, for that big bodied receiver was, you know, something that I think outsiders, you know, would certainly continue to, you know, kind of mention as, as a point of issue, as a point of issue and concern. But as you mentioned, Jermaine Terry, I think he stands six foot five, just off the, off the top of my head, Jack Belling right there close and Dunmore, obviously a big body. Um, it's, it, it's, it's interesting because one of the bigger bodies of the receiver room in Micaiah Tongue moved over to inside linebacker this offseason. And he looks too. good. So, yes, and we'll get we'll flip over to the defense momentarily. Yeah. So I'm curious to see how the receiver all ends up shaking out. Um, what we saw from Anthony Gould and Silas Bolden last year, I really liked. Uh, and John Dunmore, what he showed us in the bowl game, uh, I particularly mm-hmm. liked as well. Whether or not, you know, it was the quarterback fully or receivers needed to, you know, be better route runners, be better at getting open, that was the – hands-on debate last year was are the receivers not getting open or is it the quarterback you know throwing into coverage or you know mm-hmm. whatever it was so I think that's going to be a very interesting storyline to keep an eye on and who emerges potentially at receiver uh any of the young guys stand out to you um TJ so far uh Zach Card at least in the first yeah, month was really um keep an eye on him folks Zach Card's he could be playing right away yeah, I've been trying to uh, – it's been a little hard for me to focus on the younger guys because I'm honestly still trying to catch up with numbers. Like, I have, sure, yeah, <laughs> it right. Is, uh, it's yeah, the, it's everyone's got new numbers. So it, it could be your head swimming uh, when yeah. you're trying to just track everyone down. It's like, oh, look, it's Omar Spates at running back. Oh, wait, no, it's Deshaun Fenwick. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, no, so, uh, Omar's in Baton Rouge now, TJ. He, he got – Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, uh, he, he maybe turned coat a little gumbo. bit. Turn, turn coat, hey, good, <laughs> you know. Good for him to get – good for him for getting that bag. Um, but yeah, yeah I think he the got it. I mean, really, hey, I, I never blame only, a guy for taking the money and running, man. It is what it is. You got you got yeah. to get that money. Got to get it. Yeah, the only, uh, the only guy that the – the coach I've really mentioned is, is Zach card. So I've been, I've been yeah. trying to, I, I would say like in a spring game will probably be the best opportunity to get a look at him, but he's a guy that Anthony Gould's like, yeah, he looks a lot like me. Like he does. <laughs> so it's yeah. like, well, Beaver fans would be like, and he's like, yeah, he's a lot f- farther along at this stage of his career than I was. So just think of how much better he'll be. So, you know, similar mold. Hey, maybe he ends up taking Anthony's spot as a, as a returner as well. Uh, yeah. Fast. That could be he's, key as well. He'll, uh, yeah, I don't know. He should be getting open deep, but he, uh, didn't, I didn't see as much from him on Tuesday's practice. Um, I didn't, I don't know if he got targeted at all or if he made really any good catches. I would have noted it, uh, if he did. So, but yeah, I'd say he's the one young guy really to, to keep an eye on here. Yeah. He definitely has made some exciting plays, you know, throughout the course of spring. And, you know, like you said, I think, you know, this year it might be more desirable as, as good as Anthony Gould is. As a returner, you have to balance whether or not you want him to be taking those hits, you know, because Anthony Gould, you're not having him out there typically to do fair catches, right? I mean, if he if if there's no option, of course he's gonna fair catch. But I believe he had three touchdowns this last year, two or three, uh punt return touchdowns this last year. And that's, you know, the weapon that he is, TJ. And I think mm-hmm. you have to balance that because, you know. Anthony Gould got dinged up late in the year, didn't end up playing in the bowl game. So, you know, he's, as you mentioned, not the biggest body out there. So you have to mm-hmm. always kind of balance that as well. So I think Zach Carr could certainly work his way in. But uh, going back to your interviews real quick, uh, last point on the offense where we switch gears to the defense, 
your interview with Silas Bolden this week, uh, I forget which media member in the scrum asked, but they're like, do you kind of take it like as a slight when people go, the receiving core needs more size? And he's like, no, not really. Which, you know, I, the, I can appreciate. It, it was the, so I think that was Les Garrett of the, uh, the all yeah. Democrat Herald that asked that question. And the thing is like, I think Les was asking it. I don't know if it was, it was like he wasn't like chasing a soundbite, but you no you, no you no. Try and just, you like you would think Silas just says yeah. Like we try and keep a, a a chip on our shoulder if someone says yeah, our receiver room's not big enough. But Silas was like answered it like a total pro. He's like no, don't even think about it. Yeah, I know, like, no. right? It was. Clutch. I was like, I was kind of surprised that it, the answer was that short, but you know, had to yeah. to Silas. It's a total pro move, right? That's that's having an older brother that taught you how to deal with the media, right? But, uh, you know, switching gears and uh, wrapping up the podcast, talking about the defense, uh, you know, obviously there are a couple big storylines coming into fall camp, particularly whether or not defensive line would take another step forward, you know, with a lot of guys mostly returning and kind of some internal reinforcements, so to speak, how they would replace inside linebacker with Omar Spates, as we mentioned, departing to LSU and Kyrie Fisher-Morris running out of eligibility. And then the back end. We'll start with the inside linebackers. From what I was able to see, uh, you know, John Miller really looks like uh, he's going to lock down one of those inside linebacker spots, at least early on. The pride of Tualatin, Oregon, just down the road here. So shout out Tualatin, Oregon and the Miller family. Um, you know, he's been a guy been in the program for a couple years. It's been nice to see him kind of get his shot. He looks good. Um, and then Easton Mascarenas is, is really kind of, you know, looks like he's going to kind of be the guy for that spot. Once the season comes around those guys, based on what I've seen from TJ's notes, haven't been getting as much run in April as they did necessarily in March. But I think those are kind of the leaders in the clubhouse, mm -hmm. so to speak. Um, I think the defensive line is looking Better, even though, you know, they lost Simon Sandberg. I think internal development, you know, guys like Isaac Hodgins feel they're going to be even better and more efficient this next year. Uh, mm -hmm. Obviously bringing in some reinforcements as well. Um, the secondary is still the area that I'm a little curious about. I think Jaden Robinson is, is definitely a guy to keep an eye on back there. Right. A um, couple other guys, you know, uh, uh, Trice Ivy. The uh, JUCO transfer who comes in from college to San Mateo. Uh, Alton Julian, when he eventually returns to action, is going to be in that mix as well. He's not playing in the spring. Um, Skylar Thomas, as you talked about or talked to earlier this week, TJ, uh, he's been playing some good ball recently. Had an interception on, on, on yeah. Thursday, yeah. Yeah, what are your thoughts, I guess, on um, – early thoughts anyway, on how Trent Bray is going to go about retooling this defense because on one side of the – side of the football we feel the offense could take a step forward this next year the defense it's going to be really hard to maintain the level that yeah. they were last year some slippage is expected and probably is reasonable but how does Trent Bray keep that in the top half TJ you know being the top ranked defense this last year while working in so many faces well, he's got to have a good pass rush. Uh, been a little hard to judge the pass rush because whenever they get near the quarterback, they either don't whistle it when I think yeah. it's a, I think it's a sack, but they don't yeah. whistle anything, and I'm like, oh, that's a sack. And then the, would be sack. Aiden yep. Charles keeps running, and I'm like, well, okay, I guess it's not a sack. So I don't know yeah. if the defense actually executed it's correctly true. on that play. It's true. Um, I thought the secondaries looked good, to be honest. The yeah. only the only times they've been burned was by Childs in last practice. Otherwise, they've They've been like they've been in there in pass coverage pretty well. I mean, Jane Robinson's looked good. Skylar Thomas has 
has been making a bunch of really good plays, playing safety next to Katana yeah. Ladapa, who also hasn't really been getting as much run here in uh, in April. Um, sure. Did he? Was he playing in March? Yeah, he was getting a good, like it, pretty much every. We saw a good mix of everybody who didn't like who Jonathan said, other than who Jonathan says wasn't going to play. Like I don't think we saw a ton of Anthony Gould, but he played like one practice. You know, there right. was. Mostly ever like everyone who we thought was going to get in the mix played and but you know how it is a guy like Katano Wadapo you're like you want to play you know really tough or really intense once every fourth practice right there's just no need to have your veterans pushing themselves at all you know right right so uh, other guys back there Achille Arnold has been playing yeah. some safety as well he's been in there Ryan Cooper uh, on the other side at corner so those are the guys I've seen really. Uh, starting the guys who have really made plays while I've been there is Achille Arnold and uh, um, and Skylar Thomas, right? They've they've each had a really yeah. really nice interception both uh, both the games. It's been kind of again kind of hard to judge the pass rush and the linebackers. They can't really touch anybody, right? <laughs> Unlike the defensive backs actually getting to swat the football away and strip the football out and stick their hand in the receiver's face to 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 pop a ball out. So that's probably sure. been the best uh, best measure of that. I see Makai Tung's made some plays, right? He looks yeah. like he looks like the right kind of athlete for that linebacker position. He's gotten a couple pass breakups. He looks very fast. Maybe he's a little undersized for the position, but sure. um, like a little stick, too much of a like not built out enough. But you know, sure. he's still got a full summer if he's going to put on more weight. Um, but regardless, I thought he's looked solid there as well. So I still think it's a pretty enticing group. I saw Matthias Malachi Donaldson get a sack the yes. other day. That was encouraging to see from the sophomore. Can't remember who else I said had a sack here. I'm going to try and see if anyone else sure. really got a, a yeah, good amount yeah. of um, uh, yeah. who, who's. I wrote down 43. I forget off the top of my head who 43 is. Um, yeah the the um, uh, the other thing that was in oh that's guys, uh, the um, you know what? I'm just going to pull it up while you talk. Go for yeah no go for it. The couple guys that that stood out to me during March, uh, especially in the secondary. Uh, Ian Massey had a couple nice plays early in March. Uh, I, I saw he's had a couple good, couple good days back there, and uh, also uh, Jack Conne as well. Um, you know, called his name for a couple springs now. It's kind of a young guy. He's gotten into the mix, and mm-hmm. um, you know, it's as far as edge rushers go. Um, Drew Chatfield, uh, obviously, Takari Hickel, yeah. by the way. Yeah, Takari. Yeah, I mean, obviously, a guy who uh, people were very excited when he signed. So I think. If they can improve the pass rush this year, which Trent Bray talked about, I think it was the first time we talked to him as being one of the top priorities of the offseason, I think Oregon State will be in a good spot because while you won't have nearly as many veteran presences to maybe cover up some of the, you know, some of the misses and assignments here or there or the fact that the pass rush wasn't great, I think you're able to overcome that with great secondary play. Now it'll maybe even out a little bit where maybe you won't have quite as good, just elite, elite play in the back end, but you'll have a better pass rush, so it'll even out. So I think right. that's what the Beavers are going to try to hope for this year. You know, the sack rate was not great at all last year, and I think you look at like, wow, Oregon State, first, first, oh. Like, you know, it was kind of just a crooked number that didn't go with the rest of the defense. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think that's definitely a priority and something we're going to be keeping an eye on, but – just to kind of wrap up the podcast, TJ, obviously we'll have to get back to the mix uh, this next week with uh, one more practice uh, before the uh, the spring game uh, uh, concludes uh, next Saturday, a week from uh, this Saturday's recording this podcast on a Thursday. But, you know, 
so far so good from what we've seen from Oregon State. You know, this is, you know, they're definitely continuing to, you know, make progress off of the 10-win campaign we saw a year ago. It is, you know, for lack of better terms, they just look like a, I don't want to say big time, but just bigger than they were football program tj the way that they conduct themselves the way that they talk the way that they act you know it's just it is they carry themselves like a 10-win football team and it is noticeable and it's created a buzz uh for oregon state football that like i said earlier we haven't seen in probably 20 years so definitely uh continue to stay locked into uh, beaversedge.com and uh tj's gonna be fun to get back and start talking some football and we didn't get to it this podcast. We got baseball and some Pac-12 media rights we got to hit on uh, soon as well. So won't be long before we're back, my friend. Yeah, and I'm looking forward to hanging out with you at the at the spring game. I think I missed last year's spring game, but I can't. I don't think there's yeah. anything on the schedule that'll keep me from the spring game this year. So that'll be good fun. deal. Yeah, no, we're definitely going to have to link up for that for sure. So hear that, folks. We got a double double dip on uh, spring game coverage. So we're gonna we're gonna be bringing it at you. And again, stay tuned to BeaversEdge.com as we'll uh, have coverage of the last two practices uh, or last practice in spring game uh, before the Beavers uh, put a lid on spring football. It seems like it just started, but here we are uh, halfway through April and making some progress. So again, big thanks to TJ Matthewson for uh, jumping on this edition of the edge podcast. As always appreciate it, man. And uh, to everyone listening and watching, we appreciate it. Make sure to head on over to beaversedge.com for all the latest Oregon state sports coverage.